Welcome everyone to the Game Disc Podcast, where every week we can discuss a specific video game, brand new, retro, or anything in between, and figure out if it's worth putting on our top 100 games of all time. I'm your host, Simon Esty, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Noah Esty. And today we're going to talk about the Kingdom Hearts series. Does Disney and Final Fantasy go together like chocolate and peanut butter, or is it more like toothpaste and orange juice? Oh shit, I forgot to brush my teeth. (laughs) We will figure all of that out. But first, Noah, how are you doing today? Not too bad. I bought a little present for my girlfriend and I paid for it at the convenience store because in Japan, a lot of websites and such, you can buy things online and then pay for it at the convenience store if you don't have like credit or debit card. Not all Americans. I was going to say, that sounds inconvenient. The whole point of online shopping (laughs) is to prevent the trip to the store. You've combined the worst aspects of (laughs) online shopping with the worst aspects of in-store shopping. (laughs) The new point of online shopping now is to find stuff you can't find in stores. For me, I was actually able to get a very well-priced item. She doesn't listen to this podcast anyway. <laughs> what about you, Simon? What, are, what are you, How are you doing today? I'm still kind of getting over a cold. This has been like the weirdest cold I've ever had. Thanksgiving was good. The fiance and I Christmased up the house yesterday. Last year, she bought an inflatable, mm-hmm. but it is a moon with a Santa hat on it. But because it's a moon, instead of like the little white ball on Santa's hat, it's a uh, star. And then there's a cat sitting on the moon trying to attack the star. Oh, God. (laughs) And I told that to our sister. She's like, did she have this custom made? That is like your fiance to a T. (laughs) It really is. So you're currently in possession of uh, Russ, correct? What you should do is... Russ hanging up in my garage. Yeah. For those of you who do not know, Russ is a member of the family he is a (laughs) member of the family whom was kind of disowned by his last family (laughs) pretty much the short version is we are um looking at halloween decorations and i found for like 50 percent off this scarecrow guy and i named him russ after russell crow because he's a scarecrow my, our family's not super into Halloween, but uh, your fiance is. So yes. I donated him to them. So going back to it, you should uh, try to hang Russ up and see if you can put a giant Santa hat on him. Oh, that'd be cute. I'm sure we could. I mean, he's, he's got a thick noggin. Yeah, um, he does. Good old Russ. Do you have a humidifier? No. Oh, humidifiers are huge in Japan. <laughs> was there anything else you wanted to say? I was going to segue us into it, like, it, was, the actual... I, it was about a humidifier, but <laughs> you know what? We, we really don't need to talk about it unless the people listening are interested in my apartment and like the interior design and the style I have going for it. I did create uh, an email, uh, which I will give out at the end of the show so that people can email us. Uh, and mm-hmm. so if you are just a big fan of um, Noah's lifestyle feel Uh free to send an email and we can i guess uh spend more time talking about it or maybe we'll just do another podcast where we just talk about (laughs) your home yeah your home (laughs) living tips to live your best life well and then we'll we'll have to email carlos afterwards and be like yo carlos how'd this podcast break uh it didn't even yeah yeah, probably he's like i can't even find anything about it so let's just get right into it it was thanksgiving here probably kind of the biggest thing Thing, um, was that Steam has finally 
transitioned over some currencies uh, in smaller regions over to USD. And what this has done is this has like drastically increased the price of certain games. For example, Stardew Valley has jumped 2,900% in price. And they're mostly doing this to prevent location spoofing. So what people in like the US will do is because these are smaller countries with a weaker um, currency, their prices are lower. So people uh, people will set their region to Argentina or whatever, buy their games on Steam there, and pay a lot less, even though they're living in the U.S. where they have you know more buying power. Mm-hmm. I get you know publishers mm-hmm. obviously do want to prevent that. Unfortunately, now uh, gamers in Turkey and Argentina are paying the price for it. This is a bummer. You know, it's yeah, people who who aren't living in poorer countries are ruining <laughs> it for yeah those the people who, in poorer countries who actually like yeah it's like. And it, I don't, I mean, how much are you really saving? You know, are you, yeah, you're maybe saving. Well, apparently quite a bit, according <laughs> yeah. to how much Stardew Valley costs now. Yeah, seriously. Um, it's a bummer. Uh, so please yeah. don't, don't do that. Hopefully, you know, individual publishers can kind of take a look at this and get their games priced accordingly how they should be. But um, what do you got to make of all this? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really a shame. Uh, piracy in those countries is definitely going to go up as a result of this. People, uh, whenever like this talk about piracy and such, people usually cite Steam as being like, if you make a good enough product, people aren't yeah. going to want to pirate. And unfortunately, now this is just one of those things where it's like, yeah, what a 2,900% increase in price. Like, unfortunately, now it's to the point where it's like gaming on Steam is no longer viable in those places. So a pretty big price difference unfortunately a lot of people aren't going to be able to afford that especially because stardew valley is a independent game what about something like call of duty like or Baldur's gate something that's just a big game that's going to be in yeah and and the article i cited did say that call of duty went from like um 50 dollars uh to 70 so Mm -hmm. i mean that is that's a pretty big jump that is like um I don't know what, yeah. like 20%, a little bit yeah. more than that, closer yeah. to like, yeah, like 25%. I, I mean, that's going to, like you said, that is going to just have people turn to piracy or they're going to mm-hmm. be buying less games because their games are going to cost a lot more. I mean, people here freaked out when our games <laughs> went up $10 and that was, yeah. you know, 15%. Uh, and I'm one of those people. I mean, I think it's dumb. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't imagine games going from, you know, 50 bucks to 70. That's, that's a big jump. And yeah. again, and it's a shame because it wasn't, you know, it's it was well, because of things that were outside of their control. It was from yeah, people in, and the thing, in our country. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Once again, America's ruining it for everybody for the rest of the world. Like yeah, it's and I think that's the real shame is that they're punishing people that are had nothing to do with it. It's like there's collective punishment, which is punishing everybody when only one person did it. This is the opposite. This is punishing <laughs> the people who didn't have anything to do with it to prevent the people that are abusing it. So, yeah, yeah. I I mean, it's one of those things where it's like they could either do this and then be like, that's what's happening. Or they could try to make it a bit more difficult to like find out try to make it more precise so that you can't do that but i feel like that would cost a lot of time and money if it's even possible and steam is just like you know what this is just going to be the easiest way for us to do it yeah no i i agree Um, you know although 
curious to see how this affects the Epic Game Store. If they, um, if they're only USD, then probably won't affect it too much. But if they were kind of how Steam was done in the prior, I wonder how much that would affect them. I don't even know if the Epic Game Store is uh, available in those available countries. in Argentina and Turkey. And if so, but they're how do probably, they play Fortnite? They pirate it. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of i'm gonna have to go back you you get you set me up for a segue and then you kept talking uh yeah, so pretend uh, like I you mean... didn't make that comment about the epic game store because speaking of punishing the wrong people ubisoft is punishing its customers with ads um those uh what, uh, what date is this is this 2019 Oh, never mind. It's 2023. My bad. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> so Ubisoft put an ad for Assassin's Creed Mirage in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, whenever you hit the map button, there was an update that rolled out. Whenever you hit the map button to bring up the map, because um, that's what the map button does. Yeah, that's usually uh, how that works. Generally, um, <laughs> an ad for Assassin's Creed Mirage would pop up. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and uh, they claim so Ubisoft claimed that this was unintended and they meant for it to be only on the start screen but somehow that rascal that that little scamp ad somehow worked its way into the game <laughs> itself uh i read an article about this i didn't see ubisoft actually apologize only say it was an accident <laughs> which makes me think it wasn't an accident um if yeah, it was, even... okay if this is an accident that's okay whatever that was bad i'm not really surprised if there was a company to do that it mm-hmm. would be ubisoft this yeah. wasn't an a- accident though no. that's some bullshit <laughs> it, it was clearly they did it and then they're like let's see if we can get away with this i i almost feel like that's what it was it was an accident yeah. and then they were like well actually let's see how this plays out oh exactly and it's I think like that uh that sketch from um uh i think you should leave with the cheeseburger mm-hmm. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Ubisoft well, is that guy. They're like, I'm joking. Well, I'm and joking. This was, this was for Mirage, correct? Okay. Uh, Mirage. So was... Yeah. Oh, wait. Mirage. Sorry. So... <laughs> you said Mirage. I mean, I- I'm leaving this podcast. I'm starting my own. <laughs> That's fine. I'll, um, uh, I'll bring Russ in here. Yeah. Well, I'm taking Carlos with me. And then, um, but uh, so this was for, email. um, ah, damn, you're right. Um, so anyway, this was for the, um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey for the yeah, advertisement the... for Mirage. So, correct me if I'm wrong, was Odyssey the one before Mirage, or was that, um, no, that Valhalla? Was... So it was, it was Origins, Odyssey, Valhalla, Mirage. Okay, so that's what I think is kind of interesting. They waited to, they didn't do it with the last one, they did it with the one before, so I think that they were like... Okay, a lot of people don't like buying annual releases, but they'll buy, like, yeah, biannually or semi-annually. So maybe if we do it for this one, we'll get those customers, and there will be less attention from the people buying Valhalla for yeah. that have Valhalla. You might be so, right. Maybe that's why. Maybe and maybe that's why they did too. They were like, well, let's toss it in here, see if anybody makes a stink, and then of course, because I didn't really see the only. I actually read this on the Verge. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. read it on like uh, IGN or anything. So it could have been that it was like. I think this definitely flew under the radar and it was also around Thanksgiving. So I think mm-hmm. that I kind of feel like this was Ubisoft being a little shady. <laughs> what um, are you thankful for? 
I'm thankful for Assassin's Creed Mirage, now available on the PlayStation yeah, 5, the Xbox Series X, and PC. And on Steam in Argentina for $4,000. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this is Ubisoft being shady. So, uh, mm. But I heard Mirage is good, but U- I, I, I don't know. Ubisoft is still... I feel like they're starting to maybe get a better handle on what they're doing, but they're still kind of garbage. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it previously. Uh, Ubisoft kind of seems like the company's having an identity crisis. They don't really know what they are or what they want to be. Well, they've been making one product for the past like 10 years, and people are kind of getting tired of that product, and they don't really know how to pivot into something else. Yeah, if they didn't have Rainbow Six Siege, they would definitely be in trouble. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but, but um, I mean, we'll see. I've heard like I guess their preview for their uh, um, uh, the the Avatar game is actually decent, but we'll see. Speaking yeah. of companies that are in trouble, uh, last week we <laughs> talked about uh, Embracer Group. Um, speaking of scamps, <laughs> yeah. um, who they had to lay off like nine hundred people, um, and then we also mentioned a report that uh, Knights of the Old Republic which was announced at the PlayStation showcase. And that I, I think was PlayStation exclusive is was canceled. Um, according to Drayson Schreier from Bloomberg, um, he said that he has reached, uh, he's, he's spoken with people who are claiming they are still working on this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, nobody in the industry is more reliable than Schreier. So most likely he did talk to people who Sir are. Kane is also pretty reliable. Isn't he? <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> we, we get a lot of information Sir from Kena. that. Sir, yeah, Wait, yeah. that's an organization? Uh, I thought it was a dude who got knighted by like the Queen of England. No. I think <laughs> I, it is I think it is C I R C A N A. Oh well, okay, that's that's my Sunday. Formerly NPD group. <laughs> I don't think it was a man whose name was well, NPD maybe group it's and then Nathan, got knighted. Nathan Paul. <laughs> Derek. So Jason Schreier <laughs> talked to people <laughs> claiming they are still working on Knights of the Old Republic. Um, he most likely did. I'm sure that there yeah. is. I doubt that this game is like completely, completely dead. Yeah. However, we don't know who was at, like what the role of the people who were working on this for all we know. They could have been developers. They could have been like, mm-hmm. you know, people maybe building out some build of the game, like a small team yeah. could also have been, you know, uh, marketing people trying to get somebody to fund this game because mm-hmm. clearly there has to be something made for it they were working on it yeah. for however long um but mm-hmm. if sony pulled out they were most likely the ones funding it if it was exclusive so they may be just trying to find a new uh, but i still don't know if i see this game coming out yeah i, I mean maybe like maybe microsoft steps in and decides to fund this mm-hmm. but i just don't see um yeah, I, I just don't. I find Embracer's in such like a mess. Yeah, this game seemed like it was in trouble before Embracer even had problems. Mm-hmm. I don't see how this one survives. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's not just enough to be like, oh, we have a game, let's fund it and sell it. When you make these kind of business decisions, you have to examine all this stuff. And so, while maybe yeah, you can get a good deal on this game because it's partially completed and Sony was footing the bill for a while. You also have to ask, is this really a company we want to do business with? A company that the somebody just mentioned talking about the layoffs and restructuring. It's like, yeah, there's going to be more layoffs to come. Is that a company that you trust enough to fund their product? Or yeah. is it one that you just say, you know what? This was a highly publicized game. 
we would have liked to have published it another time, but unfortunately, we just we can't take that risk as of right now. And yeah, yeah, especially because like uh, Microsoft just mentioned, just bought Activision uh, Blizzard or the uh, Activision Blizzard deal just went through. That's a lot of money, so they're going to need to take some time. Do they want to do take a risk like this? Obviously, they're not buying Embracer Group, but still funding something like this. They're probably going to want to play it safe for a while. No, I, I you're not wrong. Uh, a Knights of the Old Republic remake is not. <laughs> I mean, that is a that's a that's a big boy game. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but um, another big boy game. Uh, yeah, another Jeff Force Gemini. You recently added to Twitch to Online. Yep. yep no um, that's pretty much the news for that one. Jeff Force Gemini was added to Nintendo Switch Online. Um, for those who don't know, this was a rare game. <laughs> rare, the company, not like a <laughs> scarce game. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I liked this one as a kid. Uh, I tried playing it when I got my um, play or my Nintendo sixty four. Yeah whenever i bought it like 10 mm-hmm. rebought it um <clears throat> and it doesn't hold up particularly well but it's cool that it's there this is i think a title yeah. that if you're gonna have like a, a service that has all the nintendo 64 games on it this is definitely <laughs> one that needs to be on there yeah the game is surprisingly gory isn't it yeah it's kind of like earth <laughs> defense force gory i think where you like blow up bugs and ants and stuff so it's not real just, no people well, die, thought- just animals I just uh, thought I'd remember, like, there's a surprisingly amount of blood in the game. Like, huh, that's surprising for Nintendo 64. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> this was also when they thought children had three hands. That's uh, true. So who knows what they were thinking? Um, another of who knows company, what they were thinking. Yeah, company, <laughs> who knows what they're thinking. So GameStop currently has a pro reward membership where for, like, used to be $15. Then in last June, they raised it to $25 a year. But every month you got a $5 certificate and I would always tell people to do it because you can just use that $5 certificate to buy a digital currency. So, and it used to be like, you could just buy a $5 steam gift card. They then changed it so that you had to buy a $10 one, but you were still getting $5 off. (laughs) So you could get a steam every month. You could get a steam or Nintendo or PSN or Xbox $10 certificate, $10 code for $5. (laughs) And I told everybody to do it. And I just went into a GameStop a couple of weeks ago and they said, nope, we don't do that anymore. And then I went to another one today and they said, this is the last month. Mm -hmm. Uh, This sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have much to say about it. I get why they're doing it. But at the same time, um, I will not be renewing. This was the only only reason I did it. I would just like, like I used it to buy some battle passes for Overwatch. I used it to buy... um, I used my last code to buy the Resident Evil 4 DLC, so I got that mm-hmm. for five bucks. I nice. used it to buy um, a couple of like Switch games and like some Switch uh, DLCs. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, twenty five bucks a year, and you just can every month get five bucks. Uh, mm-hmm. But I will definitely not be doing that anymore, which is a shame. So just a heads up for anybody on that Pro Rewards membership. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll have more luck. Like I said, one GameStop I went to wouldn't even do it this month. The other one I went to, um, they told me that this was the last month that they're allowed to do it so yeah i mean i i never really did it but it it sucks it seems like it's one of those things where a lot of uh business decisions are being made lately and curious to see how that this will affect them i mean 
GameStop has been a weird company for a while now, so I'm not going to be saying, like, yeah. oh yeah, this is gonna <laughs> this is gonna destroy GameStop, but it is, of course, just one more step in showing, yeah, GameStop, not the fun company it was in the uh, early 2000s. Yeah, if there was a theme to this week's news, it is companies who don't know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Embracer, Ubisoft, and GameStop, the trifecta. And uh, Steam. And Steam, Steam maybe as well. Well, yeah, this was this was a bad call by Steam, but generally Steam knows what they're yeah. doing. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, speaking Any, of... No, go oh, ahead. I, one, I don't got, do you have a good uh, segue? Um... Yeah, because I feel like this, too, is a company who really doesn't know what they're doing. They just get <laughs> lucky every once in a while. Um, so Strauss Zelnick, CEO of uh, Take-Two, who published mm-hmm. a little game series called Grand Theft Auto, um, he made a comment during the last investor call about video games being priced according to um, like hours provided of enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people took this to mean that he was considering raising prices for games, depending on how um, much like you played them. This is not really what happened. He was answering a question and basically saying something like um, games offer more value than other forms. Uh, like there's an equation that you can kind of use to mm-hmm. figure out like the hours spent per dollar spent type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um so just kind of clearing it up. He never said games are going to cost more because they offer more uh, mm-hmm. time spent at, like playing. Um, but mm-hmm. somehow that was the story going around. I don't even know how you could do something like that, to be honest. Like, so if you buy GTA six and play an hour, you're going to pay $2. Whereas if you play for 10, 10 hours, you're going to pay 20. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, that just doesn't seem like, yeah, I mean, like, the closest thing that I can think of is uh, MMO subscriptions. Like, yep, you pay a certain amount of, you pay a certain fee every month, but but that yeah, would be like, but that's that's like you pay fifteen yeah. bucks for WoW. It's not like, oh well, I only played. I mean, that'd be kind of cool because it'd be like, oh, I only <laughs> played a day. I'll uh, I'll, I'll you, you only get, pay for uh, five bucks or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, that would be really cool. But this for a game like GTA where you're gonna pay. $70 up front that would be very odd and I do think that this is just one of those things that in all honesty happens a lot with the games journalism gaming community and gamers is somebody will say something and then it gets misinterpreted to for people trying to like just make a big deal out of it be like oh this is why AAA gaming these days is dead but of course, usually, I was gonna say usually these companies are smarter than that. But unfortunately, <laughs> judging by the news stories uh, that we just uh, talked about, yeah, yeah. maybe not all the time. Yeah, not not this week, <laughs> not this yeah. week. No, uh, no. All right. Well, that's all the news but, I've got. But Noah, you've got our feel good story of the yeah, week. Yeah. So of course, it does always suck when companies don't really know what they're doing. But one company that does know what they're doing is uh, Game Makers is uh, Game Maker Studios. They are a game development software very similar to things such as uh, Unity, which, of course... um, Oh, sorry, and I forgot. They're not Game Maker Studios. They're just called Game Maker. (laughs) So they actually are providing a new... Whatchamacallit? Advertisement in which if you're going to create a game for a non-commercial use, 
they're actually allowing you to use their product for free. They haven't really said why they're doing this, but the common theory is that it's because the whole Unity debacle, game makers probably like, hey, we want to get people familiar with our software. And they're not a unknown game com- game makers. They're not an unknown game development software. Hotline Miami and Undertale were both used using Game Maker. So oh. the fact that they're essentially letting people use it for free, so long as they're not providing a commercial use for it, is really nice. And speaking of other companies that are nice, the top-selling game on Steam lately has been a game called Lethal Company, which, for those of you who don't know, Lethal Company is a co-op horror uh, shooter in which it was developed by the company known as, I hope I get this right, Zekers. And, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's not... It was a solo developer, actually. I don't think it was a company. But it just kind of came out of nowhere. And, yeah, it is the best-selling game lately on Steam, which it's always good to hear whenever just a solo developer has a product. People seem to really like it, and it starts doing well. Uh, what do you think about this, Simon? Um, yeah, I always like, uh, I mean, obviously to a lesser extent, we, if there's been kind of one thing that's really cool about this year is all these games coming out that were kind of no, like no name games, but, um, that ended up getting a huge audience. I mean, Baldur's Gate three is the biggest game of the year period. And this was mm-hmm. a game that was on nobody's radar. Um, other games, uh, I'm a big fan of cocoon, um, mm-hmm. even a game like, uh, Dave, the diver, um, Alan Wake 2. There's been just so many games that, uh, yeah, just kind of seem like even if they came out in a slow year, would not have been anything to talk about. And these games are just exploding and doing well. So it's good that, you know, um, especially a company or a, a game like Lethal Company. Yeah. Um, it's cool that they're kind of getting, you know, their little time to shine. And uh, I mean, this is the time to do it. You know, uh, it's been a crazy year, but. The rest of this month and next month are obviously a little slower, and January, I think, is a little slower, too. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully this shows other publishers to maybe spread your games out a little bit and try to find a spot on the calendar where you can have a little bit of breathing room so that you can hit it big. Um, but yeah. yeah, good for um, the devs of Lethal Company. Yeah, so I'm reading it, and it says by a solo developer, Zeker. So I think it's just one guy, which... That's how very impressive. You, yeah, how especially because you reviewed a game that was created only by four people uh, earlier this year, correct? Yeah, it was really bad. Yeah, so the fact that if this is just one guy who created this game all by himself, that's incredibly yeah, impressive, that's, and that's, that's, that's really great. Yeah, so um, hopefully he's able to you know build a little staff, and I can't wait to see what he does next. And I'll, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll check this out. Maybe here's more reason to get my Steam Deck, which I don't own yep. yet, but... Um, cool. Well, that is all of the news. Thanks for both of those. No, those were cool. I didn't know those at all. Um, no, no problem. So was there anything uh, else you want to go through? Or are you ready to jump right into our topic of the week? I think 
we'll go ahead and we'll just jump into our topic. That's all, all right. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm good if you are. Um, yep. This will probably just end up being a little shorter episode just because it is the holidays and stuff a little crazier. Um, mm-hmm. So less news and then, uh, well, well, we'll see how this discussion goes, I guess. Yeah, this, this, <laughs> this, this discussion could go one of two ways. It could either go very short or very, very long. Yeah. Um, so this week we are talking about Kingdom Hearts. Um, we'll kind of just be talking about all of them, um, primarily one and two, because if, mm-hmm. and probably a little bit of Birth by Sleep, if any yeah. Kingdom Hearts games make it onto this, it would be one of those three. I guess three mm-hmm. maybe has a chance, but we, I haven't played it. No, you haven't played it either. Have you? I haven't played it either. And from what I've heard from other people, it's not quite as noteworthy as one and two were. Okay, so yeah, so one and two and Birth by Sleep, if any of them make it on the top 100 list, it's going to be one of those three. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I don't see Chain of Memories or 358 no. over two or whatever. Which, whatever Chain of Memories was a great Game Boy Advance <laughs> game, but... I still don't think it's... Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, we'll just see how the discussion goes. Um, but as per usual, Noah, please, what do you like? What do you not like? Who would you recommend it to? Uh, spoiler-free, very briefly, Go. It's a little difficult because we're talking about an entire franchise. I would say what I like, the premise. It's something that is even in today's day where companies are trying to combine their IPs. It's such a random and weird combination, Final Fantasy and Disney. Not to mention the gameplay itself is really fun. What I don't like, don't like the how complicated and how childish the franchise becomes later on and what uh who i'd recommend it to i'd recommend it to disney fans jrpg fans and people who just want something a little weird and a little wacky little out there um yeah so i something i like um i do like kind of uh the the combat it, it, this kind of came at a time where like um, most JRPGs did have turn-based combat, and so the mm-hmm. fact that this one had like real time was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what I didn't like, I is... I actually, as a kid, thought it was like the first real time combat JRPG. <laughs> it's it's probably <laughs> it was up there. I mean, there was like Secret mm-hmm. of Mana and stuff, but none quite as mm-hmm. in depth as this. Um, but the sorry, totally lost my train of thought. No, you're um, good. Um, what I don't like is because every level is just like a Disney world. You spend so much of the game, like just playing through it's Disney movie, but what if anime came? Um, And so it's like not very, it's like hard to get motivated to get through the levels. Um, But who'd I'd recommend it to Disney fans? um, Probably less so like final fantasy fans, but JRPG fans, there's stuff in there for you. Um, yeah, so with that being said, we are going to go on to full spoilers. Uh, maybe it's Kingdom Hearts. I don't know if you can spoil it because I don't know if anybody really knows what's going on. But so if you don't want to know any spoilers for Kingdom Hearts, um, any of them, don't, you know, we'll see you next week, I guess. Yep. <laughs> um, maybe not. Maybe we'll still be talking about it. <laughs> um, Kingdom Hearts Part 1 and Part 2? Yeah, yeah, seriously. Oh, no, we'd have to call it like kingdom hearts uh, part one and then kingdom hearts 288 four slash no four slash the first three. one would be kingdom hearts uh 
to the prequel and then the second one would be kingdom hearts three the prequel two or something stupid because no, that's the way it'd it be works. like the prequel two and then the third one would be like kingdom hearts the dawn of innocence sure um <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, yeah, kind of where do you want to start with this? Um, Let's just start at the very beginning. Yeah, I say um, we're going to go ahead and like any other good story, we're going to start from the very beginning. So with that in mind, we are going to start with Kingdom Hearts uh, Missing Link. So, (laughs) no. I Kingdom Hearts uh it's uh, actually Kingdom Hearts cross back cover is the first chronologically and yes okay. that is its actual name. <laughs> okay, so I'm also saying Kingdom Hearts No You Cross I, Dark Road. Oh maybe I'm thinking of Union or something. No, so, I, I think that there's there's two, but no, let's for the sake of sanity, let's just start from Kingdom Hearts one and uh, from the PlayStation two. Yeah, so let's uh, let's um Missing Link is apparently a new mobile game that's coming out. Soon. Yeah, uh, let's not even like worry about um we're just let's just do 1 2 and Birth by Sleep. Cuz okay. like I said, the other ones And are I not... think also Chain of Memories cuz Chain of Memories is very important to the game story. Yeah, but is it going to I mean, we're we don't really care about that's the fair. story. We're here to kind of discuss is it going to make it on the top 100. Yeah, that's um, fair. That's fair. So, um yeah, let's let's just start with one. Um I mean <sighs> I so I played through these games actually not long ago. Um, well, I guess actually it's been quite a few years now. I my original goal was to try to beat them all before three came out. Mm-hmm. Um, that did not happen. It took me a lot longer <laughs> to beat these than I wanted to. So I well I still haven't played three because um, while playing these, I realized I do not like these games very much. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> um, and it sucks because I, I did like them as a kid. And like, actually, well, and, and the weird thing is like, I, I beelined through one when I replayed it. I really <laughs> liked it. I thought the combat was good. It did a good job of like um, the Disney World, even though you were mostly following the plot of the movies, <laughs> they were like, um, they had enough little twists that they were fun to play. Well, and, I remember as a kid just sliding around on the vines and the Tarzan level was just super fun. Yeah. Um, and, and like you had like the Little Mermaid kind of rhythm <laughs> stuff. Like it, there was a lot of cool stuff in that game. And it's funny because I always thought that like the combat in one was not very good. And two <laughs> is where it got like good, actually like fun combat. <laughs> but playing through it, um, two is almost like simpler like the game is easier so you mm-hmm. kind of just like push buttons to win um whereas in one because it is like less easy yeah you kind of have to think about what you're doing you kind of have to like plan accordingly you can't just spam buttons to win you don't have as many tools at your disposal which makes you mm-hmm. have to kind of like think about what you're doing you have to like be better about how you're using those tools and i don't know okay. if that's like a um unpopular opinion but i i greatly enjoyed playing one more so i blew like i said i blew through one i actually blew through chain of memories 
Um, <laughs> and then two, I hit a wall like pretty early on just because I was oh. like, this is not, I don't know if maybe I was just trying to play too many of the same type of game, but I just dropped off for a while. Huh. All right. Well, yeah, that's interesting because I haven't played these games in a couple of years and that was always my thing. I liked one, but two was up to that point. Yeah, exactly. Two was before Alan Wake, it was my favorite game of all time. And yeah, that's really interesting. I do remember as a kid, one was super difficult and that was part of the reason I didn't like it. And two, I never really struggled with the difficulty, but I could see how that could definitely affect it. And that could definitely affect how somebody as an adult can enjoy it, which I do think that there is kind of part of a issue that Kingdom Hearts does have, not so much with the earlier entries, but more the later entries of a weird identity crisis in the sense that it's like this is a game made for kids and Disney of course has a huge role in it so that's why they want to keep it family friendly but there's also so much story that gets so confusing it's like what kid would want to play this game well not only that but name another like name another video game franchise that started in what like 2002 that's mm-hmm. been going on for 20 or however many years that has such a large number of games in its series that are mm-hmm. all so important. Like every like Metal Gear Solid is the only one I can think of that's kind of close. But even then, you can play like with the exception of like one, two, three, and four, which are mm-hmm. definitely like part of their own story. But even all of those, I feel like you could play the Metal Gear games and get the individual story decently enough. Whereas mm-hmm. with Kingdom Hearts, you cannot play any Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. You can play Kingdom Hearts 1 and Birth by Sleep. And mm-hmm. I guess Chain of Memories by themselves. The rest mm-hmm. of them, you you can't play 2 without 1. You can't, you can't even play 2 without Chain of Memories, really. Yeah, because I remember that was a thing. We playing, did, as a kid. That's what I did. As a kid, I, I thought Chain of Memories was a remake of 1, or I guess a... A demake of one or a port for the Game Boy Advance. And it wasn't like I was a stupid, I mean, I was a stupid kid, but I was interested in gaming and such. I've got Nintendo powers every well, month. Well, do you, do you remember what we did? I remember you bought Chain of Memories and I bought two, correct? Uh, the same day. Yeah. Because we found and... out, because we found out Chain of Memories was important to two. And you were like, but I just want to play too. And I was like, that's fine. I'll play Chain of Memories and I'll just tell you what happens. Yeah. And but, I was, I didn't, I didn't really matter. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. And I remember something that is kind of funny and also a little ironic is <laughs> I didn't want to beat one. I was like, you know what? I don't care. I just want to play two. I just want to buy two. And you're like, no, like you need to beat one for the story's sake. Like this is made by the same people who make final fantasy and (laughs) this is what you said you said final fantasy games are notorious for their story and you need to play all of them to understand it (laughs) like well what would i have been i would have been like 12 having never played a final fantasy completely talking out of your ass (laughs) i probably heard that the games were like just good stories which they are (laughs) and i was like 
<laughs> okay. Yes. Well, I also oh, think that I you want thought... To, I just want also... to say that... Oh, go, sorry, ahead. go ahead. Okay, All I'll right. go. I'll go first. Yeah, you go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> My reasoning was wrong. Mm-hmm. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> In what way? Oh, yes. Okay, that, that's fair. In fact, but, Noah, I'm going to be yeah. as bold to say... Nobody could have predicted how right I would be. <laughs> Nobody would have predicted that you would need to play every single goddamn spinoff in this fucking series to know anything that's going on. And what's crazy is this was a prediction made by a kid who thought Squall was the protagonist of Final Fantasy and Cloud was the main antagonist. But doesn't that just prove how messed up this series is? Somebody who had no idea about anything that they were talking about ended up didn't being even know so... Sephiroth existed. Yeah, and I still ended up being so right. <laughs> I mean, that's what—that's why we're the uh, no, ranked uh, 829th podcast, baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but oh. Uh, like anyway, what were it. you saying before I I have no idea. <laughs> You're like you that, stopped This is me. what Kingdom Hearts does to you. It just it breaks it, you. It breaks you in your mind, but let's go <laughs> ahead and we've talked a lot about the story and how confusing it is. Let's go ahead and let's just talk about Kingdom Hearts 1 story. Yeah, I mean, I think that one and that's kind of why, you know, going back to me enjoying my <laughs> playthrough of one so much more than the other ones. Um one has a simple story, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of like almost stereotypical, like a fantasy story where a kid is swept up into another world. Um, and then this one, you know, he's looking for his friends um, and he gets to see all kinds of strange worlds and stuff. And, and, and I think, along, that, oh, go ahead. Along with that, isn't also the main storyline Maleficent's trying to seal the hearts of the Disney princesses to, yeah, yeah which to, to do bad stuff. And that's the thing, like, and I think that that the one almost sets up all these problems for the rest of the franchise because everything in one is so yeah stereotypical and like vague like oh it's all just the darkness the darkness is attacking mm-hmm. and like and that's like a fantasy trope like the darkness is attacking and the darkness is always mm-hmm. just like this force and yeah. that always works for like a book or a movie and then you beat the or darkness Alan Wake. yeah and then you beat the <laughs> darkness and everything's fine but in Kingdom Hearts like that ends up being like <laughs> this it's a jrpg so it ends up morphing into this huge thing that jrpgs are known to morph into mm-hmm. which i feel like just doesn't really hold up but in one it works really well you know you've got like the big um heartless the monsters that are um, yeah you know not just like the kind of cannon fodder but the big ones i don't know what they're mm-hmm. called but they're you know they're intimidating and they're really cool to look at and yeah, yeah and the yeah. character designs you know people make fun of like sora and his clown shoes which he does have clown shoes mm-hmm. um but i mean that when this game came out the designs were cool you know seeing like yeah. night um like goofy they did a good job of like making a cool um like yeah jrpg versions of donald and goofy Mm-hmm. Um, and then even like Sora and Riku, like the game is nice to look at. Um, and mm-hmm. like all of like the stained glass, like the the kind of art design is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Present, I yeah. guess, just I'm, what I'm saying is presentation in general is really good because the music's yeah. fantastic too. The music cannot be overstated. It is a, yeah. a gorgeous soundtrack. And uh, going the, back to the cloud shoes things, I kind of feel like that's this a is little what bit I want to talk re- about. <laughs> yeah, well, a little. Um, 
I feel like it's kind of a reference to Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse, he does have big ol' yellow-like shoes and a lot of depictions. So I feel like yeah. that was kind of a reference. No, I, I think I, you're right. I think it was. I find it funny how nobody mentions what the hell is, like, the One Piece Sora is wearing in that game. Like, just Google a picture of Sora from Kingdom Hearts 1 and look at it. It's <clears throat> this weird One Piece thing. Yeah, you're it's right. it's got a zipper all the way down to his crotch. It's super weird looking back at it. Yeah, you're right. But it's, it's like a the- swimsuit onesie with a jacket and gloves and clown shoes. And a, yeah. a lot of zippers. Exactly. It's a Rob Liefeld <clears throat> JRPG character. Yeah. But... Including bad feet. <laughs> but regardless, the actual... The upper torso is really cool. And even though we're not talking about Kingdom Hearts 2, his Kingdom Hearts 2 design is very good. Yeah, I think his Kingdom Hearts 2 design, he did start to get a little messy. I'm actually looking at his Kingdom Hearts 3 design. Um. Yeah, I think all the designs are fine. They are yeah. a little over the top and ridiculous, but they do kind of work in the context of yeah. the game. Well, um, going back to the story real quick. Yeah. I think something that is really cool that I don't believe the other entries do, they actually incorporated Disney into the story with Maleficent trying to take the hearts of the princesses and using them for a purpose. Yeah. I feel like that's the only time they've really had the Disney play a major part in the story. I know Pete and Maleficent are still like the big bads, but or not the big bads, but a big bad. But I feel like <clears throat> they're just antagonists. They're not really using Disney so much for plot reasons. It's more just, yeah, these are two bad guys that you fight as bosses later on. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I do think that one kind of had the best <laughs> implementation of kind of the Disney stuff. Um. I mean, we've mostly been talking about one. Um, I'm trying to think if like two does anything better, but I don't. I mean, two did increase the lore, <laughs> which I guess if you're a hardcore Kingdom Hearts fan, you probably do like. But I feel like that mm-hmm. is kind of, and it is faster, which mm-hmm. can sometimes feel better. But I think in general, like, um, I, I don't know. I think honestly, if <laughs> I were to, like I said, kind of, I think the three best ones are one, two, and Birth by Sleep. Mm-hmm. And I think of those three, two is the worst one. I really? think. Really? <clears throat> yeah. So, I yeah, think... as a kid, I thought two was really fun. I thought that there was the there's a lot of little mini games. The Little Mermaid mini game, for example, was a rhythm game. There's the little light cycle moment in the Tron world. Of course, there's like the triangle button stuff that you did, which could do a random action depending on the enemy and there's the little drive forms as well so i felt like two was a lot of fun why you mentioned earlier that you felt like two was a little simplistic is there any other reasons that you feel like two's a little unrelated it's a little what (laughs) a little overrated sorry oh um no the big reason is just like i said because the game is simpler you kind of just mash buttons to win sora Mm -hmm. like you can go into like the super mode and even like the combat you can really just like mash square you don't really need magic or anything Mm -hmm. um yeah it just it feels easier and then like i said i feel like 
this the uh, individual Disney worlds, like the Mulan level is just like the story of Mulan, but then also the Heartless are there. And so whereas I feel like the first game merged kind of the Kingdom Hearts lore with the Disney movies better, I feel like two doesn't do that as well. Mm-hmm. It is just and there are some exceptions. Um like I think <sighs> Like the Tron level in two is one of the better worlds, mm-hmm. um, and like same with like the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean level. Yeah, that, that was pretty the cool. one I was thinking of. But which... I feel like in general, like like the Mulan level, I love Mulan. I do, I that's when I just fell off the game because I just was like, I do not care about this at all. Yeah, and I think that I'm trying to think of what were the, the other worlds in two. There was, I think Aladdin was, Aladdin was in it again, correct? Yeah, and that's the same thing. Like, it was just kind of Aladdin with Heartless. Yeah, and then... So oh, Aladdin and Lion was King. In it. Lion King was the same thing. <clears throat> oh, Lion King was cool, though. Because... Lion King was cool because you got to play as animals, but the plot was not engaging during those sections. Because <laughs> it was all just, like, very... Like I said, just that Disney movie mixed with the Heartless. Yeah. Um, and but, then oh, Beauty and the Beast was also <clears throat> in it as well, correct? No. Um, Wasn't there Beast Castle and then you fight the guy with the little No, Beast was little... your Beast was your ally in um oh, was Beast's Castle? Yeah, cuz you fight the guy with the spears. You might be right. Yeah, he's a little wind but guy. You fight him on the bridge. Oh, an Olympus Colosseum. That yeah, and Olympus Coliseum was just the same as Kingdom Hearts 1. Yeah, I guess actually maybe it was better. Maybe I was just getting burnt out. Um, Twilight Town, Agrabah, Beast's Castle, Olympus Coliseum, Hundred Acre Woods, Hollow Bastion, Space Paranoids, The World That Never Was, Atlantica. Yeah, those are fine. Um, but I still think Birth by Sleep is better. Right, so... <clears throat> We talked a little bit about Kingdom Hearts 2, and we talked a little bit about Kingdom Hearts 1. You said that 2 is the worst out of all of them. Yes. Pretty much. In your opinion, it's because that's kind of where the series started to form, right? Yeah, I think by that point, you they greatly expanded the lore, which, cool, but that's also when the game got incredibly complicated. They mm-hmm. um, added, like, coolish features to the... Uh, the combat but it ended up just making it too simple to the point mm-hmm. where it, there was no depth to it it was just mashing buttons um and yeah i think that those are kind of the biggest problems with the series um and i i will say i think that birth by sleep which is the prequel um that was mm-hmm. only for like the psp i think that that's probably actually the best one really but yeah because the combat has kind of all the cool flashiness of um two but it's a little bit more um, challenging and also in depth. Like it's not just as simple. You kind of have to think about uh, your build and you get to kind of assign different abilities to yourself and you, how they kind of work together. You have to plan more and that game can be pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really have to think about like what um, stats you're equipping. Um, and it also, because it's a prequel, um, the plot is generally easier to follow. Um, because you don't really need to play any of the other games because it sets up all the other games. And it, it, it's funny that it is a prequel because it is arguably mm-hmm. like the most important game in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's held back by one thing, it's that 
you you have to play through the game like three times because you have to play as each of the characters and the worlds are all the same but the worlds are really cool you've got snow white you've got cinderella you've got um peter pan uh toontown um like you've got a lot of really cool worlds in this one too which peter pan was in the first one and toontown was in the second one correct was peter pan in the first one I know it was in one of yeah, and there was a super boss in there that was like a little phantom guy at the clock tower in London. Oh, you're right. Okay. Huh. Was oh Lilo and Stitch was in was Lilo and Stitch in Birth by Sleep? Yeah, Deep Space. Okay. Lilo and Stitch was cool. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that I don't know. I think that Birth by Sleep just kind of had those fun classic Disney worlds mixed with some modern ones. Um, <laughs> But. So, we talked a little bit about how your main complaint in 2 was that it was just the story of the Disney movie, but they added the Heartless. Does Birth by Sleep remedy that at all, or not really? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, obviously, there is still a lot of those ties, but I think because they did go with um, a lot of, like, kind of, like the the Lilo and Stitch level is not Lilo and Stitch at all. It's actually just mm-hmm. straight up when Stitch was like in the spaceship, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Same with like um, uh, the Peter Pan level. I don't even know if like Wendy and them are involved in it. It's not just the Peter Pan movie. It's almost like a prequel to that. Same mm-hmm. with like, um, and then obviously like Snow White and uh, Cinderella. Those are such like simple stories. It's not like, you know, super I, I don't know why i think that they just work those movies work better than mulan mm-hmm. and maybe it's just because mulan is like such like a plot heavy movie anyway like a lot happens uh-huh. in that movie that yeah. when you just shove there's not a whole lot of room to just shove things in that makes sense yeah because i remember even pirates of the caribbean they had the interesting gameplay mechanic of like you can fight the skeletons but only when they're in the moonlight yeah because that's when their skeletons shown and yeah i could remember even as a kid the mulan world was not as cool and i think it's also another thing is too that mulan is just essentially ancient china which it's like that's super exciting for a yeah like i love history and i think that's really cool but compared to the fantastical worlds in a lot of other Disney such like even Aladdin which is just kind of in um Ara- the what time period is that Arabia yeah, like it, Aladdin's based on um I know it's on Arabian, Arabian Nights yeah and so like Sonic and the has... Secret Rings oh yeah that was my favorite game of all time oh um so yeah even like Aladdin it's like the realistic time period but they do have fantastical elements whereas oh, yeah, Mulan yeah. it has Mushu and it has the ghosts but and it those has the don't hun. but he's not a fantastical element is he yeah he he's is just... he gets crushed by an avalanche and then gets up and it's like oh all right that so that cold. guy's a <laughs> all right so in Kingdom Hearts 1 at the end of the Aladdin world you fight Jafar as a genie and then in Mulan, you fight this guy who <laughs> survived an avalanche. 
Yeah, he's cool. <laughs> All right, that I, that is pretty cool. I'll admit that, but I do think that kind of shows that I think that's part of why it's a little boring is because there is not really any of that fantastical elements that play a major role. Mushu's great, but he's just a sidekick, a side character for in this game, a side character. Yeah, and maybe, and like I said, I just remember that that's when I hit a wall in the series, and mm-hmm. that just totally derailed, and then it took me like two years to play through the oh, other God. ten games. Um, Lord. But, um, yeah, so I, I know I've been kind of talking. Like I said, I played through them all fairly recently, so I think I've got a little bit better handle on these games than you do, Noah. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not. You've kind of been correcting me. No. So between I... one and two, um, if you had to put one of them on a top 100 list which one do you think you'd lean most i was gonna say two but hearing your complaints and i can't 100 percent verify them because it's been such a long time since i've played them but hearing you say once combat you had to do more with what you have i think that makes sense i remember as a kid i think something you even told me was proud mode which is the hardest difficulty in two you said proud mode is essentially easy mode for kingdom hearts one and i think that for that reason and just the fact that kingdom hearts one integrates disney so better i i kind of feel like kingdom hearts one if any of them would make it on the list it's blasphemy especially in the kingdom hearts community i believe but kind of feel like kingdom hearts one might edge it out just a tad bit yeah i think if i'm thinking about the series um like i said i think birth by sleep has the best combat but the fact that you have to play through the game three times just to get like the best ending or get the any Mm -hmm. ending really um i think really hurts it because by that third playthrough they do a good job of making all the characters play differently um but they're still too you're still playing through all the same worlds um and that just gets really dry by the time you get to the third I mean, it's kind of dry by the time you get to the second one. So by the time you get to the third, it's real bad. Um, Not to mention completely unrelated, but man, Kingdom Hearts 1 cover is so good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and just, I mean, well, honestly, they all have great music. I think that Kingdom Hearts, I mean, I'm not the biggest Kingdom Hearts fan, but the Kingdom Hearts uh, title screen has some of the best music, like period. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that is super iconic. And all the openings are pretty good. I think. yeah, the, obviously people kind of make fun of it. Uh, simple and clean, but mm-hmm. a simple and clean is better than a sanctuary. Yeah, I I think that's just kind of an opinion piece. Some people would like simple and clean more. Some people like opinion. I mean, um, I think both of them are better than uh, Feel the Flame. What? That's yeah, like from Final Fantasy sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> you good buddy no I can't. I can't I was hoping there was another feel the flame I can't I can't do this anymore <laughs> What are, oh, we're on 10. Oh, this is episode 10. Yeah. 10's a, a good run. <laughs> it was. Um, we'll have to, we'll talk to Carlos and be like, yo, is 10 like a pretty good time to end the podcast? 
It'll just be like, dude, I sent you one email to try to sign up for yeah. our services. Uh, Stop talking to me. He's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you know, feel the flame and uh, no. moon gazing. I like, I love the Kingdom Hearts title screen and I, and simple and clean is fine. Um, See, I feel like comparing moon gazing and simple and clean would be really interesting to a group of people that never play video game, a group of people in Japan who never play video games, but are super into music and like J-pop. I think that, <laughs> um, I mean, maybe I'm biased. I think that moon gazing would come out on top. I don't. Well, I mean, like I said, well, also it would be different. I don't know. Well, I feel like, and... like I feel like moon gazing. He just puts so much personality into that song. Well, what do you think is better? Ed Sheeran has a song called Photograph, right? Probably. Ed Sheeran? Yeah. What What's better, Ed Sheeran's photograph or Nickelback's photograph? Probably Ed Sheeran's. <laughs> okay, <laughs> if well... it exists. <laughs> 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 i'm like i don't yeah, i don't know yeah, what this yeah. song is but i'm betting money on yeah, ed sheeran so there is a song photographed by ed sheeran and I, i'm not going to listen to it because then we could get copyright struck but i like how you just were like i don't if it's ed sheeran it's probably gonna be better than nickelback i'm hedging i'm hedging bets with sheeran um yeah but that's enough about yeah music um all right i think i'm ready noah are you or was there anything else you kind of want to discover um so good uh designs um the idea in general the combat's not bad depending on the game it's at least kind of unique um and the uh the music if i think the music is probably the best part um the bad uh the plot gets way too out of control um and even the small moments of the plot now are we, just we not do kind of have to we do have to because we're talking about three possible games to make it we kind of need to break down the good and the bad of each of them well let's so let's so you haven't played birth by sleep so let's just that's yeah. not that one's not making it on the list um <laughs> you said one over two so let's really just focus on one if yeah. if if we kind of agree that two and birth by sleep are not making it on the list, mm-hmm. let's just focus on one. Let's just talk about one. Um, I guess the one thing we didn't really touch on is characters. Um, they're they're fine. Donald and Goofy are great. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I mean Sora, Kairi, and Riku—they're just kind of JRPG. Yeah, characters. they're nothing. They're, they are they are very much just like Naruto, Sasuke, and Sakura. <laughs> I I remember playing. Kingdom Hearts 3, and I was like, God, Sora is very unlikable in this, but maybe it was... I mean, did you feel like Sora was unlikable, or did you think he was just fine? He's just like kind of like stereotypical shonen protagonist, okay. honestly. Like, nothing, like, he's just... He loves his friends, yeah. and like, he's not like awful like he's not great like he to yeah. be honest he doesn't really have a personality his personality is that he likes friends mm-hmm. like but it's you know it's not like he has any really like character growth like i don't know maybe maybe i missed something but i mm-hmm. i was never terribly impressed with the uh like it's, who he is as a character passable like they're passable it's pretty fine. much from what it seems excuse me like, yeah, yeah it's fine it's fine like he's yeah and Kyrie really doesn't get much to do she's kind of no. just a, i mean she's the yeah. girl yeah she's the girl riku is edgelord and he's the cool guy 
Yeah, and he's just got so much darkness in his heart for yeah, he, I don't know he has why. The cool little sword thing that has like the spikes on it. And you know he's the edgy one because he hangs out with Mickey Mouse. It's true. <laughs> That's what it is. And Mickey Mouse is a uh, Mickey notorious. Mouse is badass. <laughs> yeah, well, Mickey Mouse is one of the uh, edgiest people in modern history. Yep. Have like, you seen yeah. those shoes? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, just look at everything Disney's done that's, like, been super questionable over the past couple of years. It's like, yep, that's an edgelord right there if i ever seen a, one. That's a, um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready to, you ready to make a verdict? I honestly don't know. Like, it's one of those things where it's like... This... Kingdom Hearts was such a big part of my childhood, I'm like... I don't know if I I want it to be on the list, but I don't know if it's truly worthy of being on the list. But I is guess it better than Star Fox sixty four? I that's the thing. I would say yes, but oh. I also feel like that's my bias coming through. Yeah, like, I don't know, and that's the difficult part. I is. I just don't think it does. Because so no, you've kind of mentioned before, like for an older game, it needs to like be like still fun to play and important. And Mm -hmm. Kingdom Hearts, it was big. It was like a cultural thing, but it wasn't. It wasn't important. It didn't do anything like it did kind of create like, you know, a real time like combat. But it's not like, yeah, it's not. But even then, it's not like, but it's not like like it created that. I don't think it created it, but I feel like it brought it back. No, like name, spe- name a game. Uh, that's what I was going to say. It didn't really, because think like, about it. We're just now getting like um, kind of real-time combat in JRPGs. Uh-huh. Kingdom Hearts came out 20 years ago. It's yeah, not like it created a fad. It Exactly. I don't think it created a fad, but I think that what it did is a lot of people who grew up with it took inspiration from that. Like, I think that... There is, I believe that the creator for Final Fantasy 16, he of course did create Devil May Cry's combat, but I feel like he also took some cues from Kingdom Hearts as well when creating it. Oh, really? See, I was going to say the opposite. I feel like he didn't at all. I feel like that was like almost made, like the way I see it is like there was like the Tales series and, oh, Star, yeah, that's and, true. and Star yeah. Ocean, which were like kind mm-hmm. of doing their sa- the same thing. That's true. And they were just like, they just stuck to it. And then at some point, like Japanese developers are like, oh, well, turn based is kind of dated. But I don't think the shift from turn based to yeah. real time had anything to do with Kingdom Hearts. And that's kind of my thing. It is a game that if you were to play it today, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that was probably good. But I don't, I just don't think that, like, I don't think that these are games that are top 100 games of all time. I don't mm-hmm. think any of them are. Yeah, that's... maybe maybe they're in like the 90s, maybe and maybe like I can add them to a short list and we can like revisit it at some point. But I just don't think. Yeah, well, I think the fact that you mentioned the fact that the tail series and the what was the other one? Star, Star Ocean. Ocean were both going on during this entire time. I don't, they definitely weren't as big as Kingdom Hearts, and I think that Kingdom Hearts did help fuel the way for more action-based RPGs, 
I think that, yeah, maybe it wasn't as big as I thought. Because I remember Final Fantasy Versus 13 was supposed to be very Kingdom Hearts inspired. But... And that ended yeah, up becoming I, 15. Yeah. And that one, I mean, 15 is clearly inspired by Kingdom Hearts. And I guess you yeah. could maybe make the case that that, I mean, that was the first, was it the first? No, because even 12, because 12 is clearly not inspired by Kingdom Hearts. And that was no, the first definitely not, not turn-based one, right? Yeah. It was like MMOs based after like 11, which is kind of built on MMOs. And mm-hmm. that's kind of my point. I don't think Kingdom Hearts really did anything. It, the one thing it did great is music. Um, mm-hmm. I think that is the one thing it did really, really well. And marketing. Well. And marketing, yeah. And, yeah. And, it is, and it is a good idea. It is like it is an idea that shouldn't work, and it generally does. I don't think mm-hmm. the Kingdom, I don't think the Kingdom Hearts are bad games. But if we're talking about the top 100 games of all time, I these are not. I don't. I just don't think that they are. You know, I'm looking at our list right now: Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, uh, Skyrim, Silent Hill, Luigi's Mansion, Star Fox 64, Dead Space. Uh. I, see that's the thing that's tough for me on this one is like it's one of you're saying all these things and it's like kingdom hearts fits there but does it fit because it's well made or does it fit because it's well known i think and that's the difficult I, but, part for and me. i think that i don't think that it's it's not poorly made but i don't think mm-hmm. it's well made yeah i Ugh, I think that this is how I felt about I, 64 yeah, about Star Fox think, 64 by the way I think I'm going to have to not put it on the list purely because I think that if I I'm asking too much if I want it on the list because well, like, let of me, its cultural relevance I think I'm going to have to take it off I don't think it let me ask you this let me let me ask you this and maybe this will make it easier yeah what is a better not not which do you like more what is a better video game alan wake or kingdom hearts which do you think is a better made video you think kingdom Kingdom hearts is a better made video game than alan wake i Uh, i love alan wake you might be right actually you might be right i love alan wake's story but there are flaws to the game we went out of an entire episode where i mentioned the flaws of this game and it's like, I love Alan Wake, but I love that game just because the story is so good. And Kingdom Hearts, it's like, I, Kingdom Hearts, it's like the combat is better in Kingdom Hearts than Alan Wake. Oh, really? Alan Wake. Yeah, because Alan Wake has an interesting gimmick, but like you said, in Kingdom Hearts, it's all about using the tools. Alan Wake, you only have like five guns in the entire game. And then I, yeah, I, I guess think that's I'm true. In Kingdom Hearts, to, you've yeah. got like magic. At least you can kind of choose when to use different magics, and I think you've got summons too. Yeah. Uh, well, I think. Do you want to put it at like ninety nine? Do you want to put it on like a short list, and we can maybe revisit we'll it? We'll put it that's on a short list. Yeah, we'll put it on a short list. We'll have a short list of like five games that we can't really decide um, because. I think for me personally, I would put it above Star Fox 64, but I don't know if that's my bias. I just, I, yeah. I think, put it on the short list. I'll, I'll try to get around to playing it sometime in the future when I don't have games. And then we can revisit it. 
Yeah, I mean, ideally, I mean, this is asking a lot from you. Um, <laughs> it is. Play through one and two and just see which one, if you think any, deserves to be on the list. Okay, sounds good. I think, I think no. Um, I, I, I just think that, you know, it's hard because we've only got one, two, three, four, five, six. We've only got six games on this list. I think mm-hmm. that once we start filling this out, Kingdom Hearts is going to look out of place. You know, when we put games like... Um, you know, just off the top of my head, some of these like yeah. just fantastic games like Metal Gear Solid, um, mm-hmm. Metroid Prime. You know, I just don't know if Kingdom Hearts is really going to hold up. And well, I even... mean, it didn't stand out in Smash Bros. with Metal <laughs> Gear Solid and Metroid. That's true. Yeah, it was a bigger yeah. deal than both of no, those. Think... We'll yeah. see, though. Um... I mean, maybe I'm wrong. And maybe I'll try to play through it again and see what I think. Yeah, but I um I just like I said I played it for the first time. Well, oh god, now I'm wish now I'm like well, waffling uh, on how it. about we'll do this? We'll we'll put it on a short list. I'll try to play through it this December, and then I can either and say revisit it. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So, so of... sorry. So Kingdom Hearts, you are uh, for consideration. <laughs> um, you have your own tab. We'll see. Maybe maybe what I'll, we'll do is like uh. Maybe we'll wait until we get like eight games and then we can do like a tournament where we argue to see which one deserves a spot on the yeah, list. Well, we'll do something in the future. We're kind of experimenting with the podcast format, especially like in last episode. We'll do, we'll talk about it later and we'll try to find something. Yeah. So sorry, Kingdom Hearts, you're not getting on this week, but you're not completely out of the running. You might yeah, come back. Yeah. It is such a weird game. It's just, it's a game with so much baggage. <laughs> It's a game with so much baggage, but also so unique. Yeah. That. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Sorry, moving on. We'll, moving we'll, on. Uh, we'll revisit you at but, some point in the future. Yeah, I think we got to do something that the Kingdom Hearts franchise has been needed to do for a while, and let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> good. That was pretty good. All right, <laughs> Thank Noah. You. Uh, before we get out of here, what have you been playing? I've been playing Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Oh, which you're playing that um, fancy new update yeah i wanted to ask you yeah. how uh, this is going because you you bought the game like on launch and you played it on launch and then stopped it was worse than that i i bought the game on launch and i played it on launch on my playstation 4 <laughs> and for those of you who do not know don't know it was not a good game on the PS4. Famously, so, for the, I mean, I think everybody kind of knows this, but it was yeah, so bad, course. Sony delisted it from PSN. <laughs> yes, and I, I've i started the game like three times. Once when I bought the game, another time when I went to Japan, and it was like, oh, okay, like now the next-gen update. And I just started it again because now the game is, from Radically what I gathered, different. it's... It's essentially complete. This is like the complete version of the game. And for that reason, I'm playing it now and having a really good time with it. I was playing Mafia 2 lately and I enjoyed that game. But then towards the end, I kind of was like, all right, I'm losing my interest. And I kind of realized that game doesn't hold up that well now that I'm playing another game similar to it <laughs> because I started playing Cyberpunk and I was like, oh, yeah, this game is so much better. Like, I can see how Mafia 2 is a little dated, 
one compared to a next-gen game. And then I realized I was playing the PS4 version of Cyberpunk. So I downloaded (laughs) the PlayStation 5 version, and I just played that. I was like, holy smokes, this is completely different. (laughs) So yeah, so it's... Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I might just restart it, and then that way I get to do the beginning from with the new gameplay, but I might not. Maybe I'll just do it and then pick up my save. But I am really enjoying it, though. It's nice that we're finally getting what this game was supposed to be after all those years, and I haven't beaten it yet, but I'm really excited to see what they would do for the sequel. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah I, I've kind of been interested in this. I So I played the game when it um, launched, when it came out with the uh, um, like next-gen update, and I played yeah. it on the Series X, and I, I did enjoy it. I didn't think it was anything super special, but I did have fun with it. Um, but I've heard kind of you know pretty good things, and I am interested in trying out the uh, Liberty City, or is it Liberty City? Yep. Uh, I believe it's Liberty, Phantom Liberty. Phantom, Phantom Liberty. Liberty. I always say yeah. Liberty City. I was like, that's, that's, that's GTA. like the GTA, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited to play the Phantom Liberty stuff. Um, I might have to try that at some point. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've just been playing uh, Skyward Sword a little bit. I also uh, picked up um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, nice. I played that like very briefly. Um, mm-hmm. I forgot that that game's like almost a Souls like. It's like a Souls like Metroidvania. Yeah, the game. It's an interesting game. But um, it's cool. I like it. It's like very much. You know, it's it's fun playing it. He's you know, um, he's a Jedi. He's mm-hmm. not like. Well, I don't know how to do this. He's very much like, like he. Uh, very minor spoilers for the um, beginning of the game. Um, but like what kind of the first boss is one of like the uh, inquisitors who gives you mm-hmm. a lot of trouble in the first game. And mm-hmm. it is like very much like a even fight. Like you, oh, that's cool. you immediately feel powerful. Um, you you oh, feel sweet. like a Jedi. It's not like we're going to take away all your stuff. Um, <laughs> they don't pull a Metroid here. Yeah. I mean, they, they do, but what they do is then for that first kind of level, they slowly introduce it back. Oh, and so it's cool. it's not like oh he lost all his powers. It's more like he's just hasn't used them yet. And then oh, like the different like stances. Like mm-hmm. you start off with just your lightsaber, and then he gets in a fight. And during a cutscene, he splits it into two. And it's like oh okay. Oh, okay. So, so it's, it's kind of like, like a movie in a sense. Yeah, it's just like he's not using this, and then once he uses it, now you can do it. So it's okay. That's and, cool. And it's it's more like to get you like acclimated with all the different things. So um, yeah, yeah I, I'm excited to kind of dig deeper into that. And like I said again, just playing some Star Wars Skyward Sword, really refreshing to kind of play a traditional Zelda. I love Tears of the Kingdom, but um. I forgot how much fun just kind of a traditional Zelda dungeon can be. And I should be wrapping that up like sometime this week or next week. Um, yeah. Which speaking of next week, I'm having surgery on Thursday. So I don't know if there will be a new episode. It's like a minor surgery. So maybe we'll do it Saturday. But um, if there is no new episode, that's why. It's because I had surgery and I'm not up to it. But I'm I'm hoping... <laughs> Hoping I'll be good enough to do it. Um, all right, before we get out of here, Noah, what do you want to plug? Um, so in Japan, we don't have Thanksgiving because no turkeys. You know exactly. Yeah, that's the reason. There's no turkeys in Japan, so 
They were like, well, we would love to be thankful <laughs> for things, but we don't have turkeys. So, and the thing is, even in today's day and age, it's not so much that there's no turkeys. It's the fact that Japan, everything's so small, they don't have the big ass ovens to make the turkey in. And uh, yes, of course. Yeah. So instead, I'm not going to plug anything because I didn't get to celebrate Thanksgiving. I'm not going to plug anything in. I'm going to instead say what I'm thankful. And I am thankful that there are big ovens that people can enjoy turkeys in. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, Noah. Um, yep. So, well, yeah. I'm going to plug <laughs> stuff. <laughs> okay, go ahead. You, uh, you have fun. <laughs> no, I... Uh... Uh, I'm thankful for this podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, this is our 10th episode and mm-hmm. I, I hope we get to fill out the top 100 one day. Uh, yeah. but let's just keep going how it is. But now on to the stuff I'm going to plug. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, is it going to play my outro? Oh, it's actually playing my outro today. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to wait. Thank you to Pecan Pie on Upbeat for our intro and outro songs. Thank you to Zach Robinson for our logo. And thank you to Gabrielle Esty for editing this podcast and maybe doing some more fun stuff with that too. Uh, if you liked this podcast, you can find other episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Uh, if you want to send us an email, you can do so at gamedisc.podcast at gmail.com. You can send us questions, suggestions, or anything you want. Um, you can also find me on Twitch at Smesty. I haven't been on in a while. I'm trying to find a new game to play. Maybe I'll go back to Street Fighter or something. Um, you can find Noah in Nagoya, Japan, uh, if you're there. <laughs> and we will see you all next week. Maybe, right. depending on my surgery. Maybe we'll see you in two weeks, but we will see you again. Alrighty. Bye. 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 Also, my birthday is tomorrow. Oh, shit. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday, actually. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I I was expecting you to just, like, 